0: Welcome to another episode of the American Cattleman Podcast and our special producer profile. Just ahead, we have American Cattleman publisher, Gail McKinney, as he sits down with Marlon Scott from Scott Angus Cattle out of Belgrade, Nebraska. Today, you're going to learn a little bit about their history, their operation, and about their upcoming sale. But first, we're going to hear from our good friend, Bob Tallman as he tells us a little bit about our sponsor, Rawhide Portable Corral. Take it away, Bob. We understand cattle. That's why the world's
1: first hydraulic corral just keeps getting better. Our system is simple, flexible, and durable, built to keep your cattle operations easy and trouble-free. All the best features of a portable system with unmatched customer service is why Rawhide is... Often imitated, never duplicated, the Rawhide Portable Corral.
0: Now here is Gail McKinney.
1: Thank you, Dustin. Welcome to this episode of the American Cattleman Podcast and our special producer profile. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I'm Gail McKinney, the publisher of American Cattleman, and I'm pleased to have you join me for this episode of the producer profile. Today's guests are from Scott Angus Cattle of Belgrade, Nebraska. Scott Angus Cattle is a family operation that includes Marlon Scott, his wife Kelly, their son Sam Scott, their daughter Abby Ropers, and her husband, AJ Ropers. With me today are Marlon, Kelly, and Abby. Welcome to the American Cattleman Podcast, folks.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
1: We, uh, we've been kind of dry here in North Central Iowa. How have you guys been lately?
3: We're up to our knees in mud because we uh, we lost our frost and uh, got an inch of rain the 1st of February, which is really weird. So we went from Christmas to Easter in about a week's
1: time. (laughs) That makes it rough. Are you guys having calves?
3: Uh, Yeah, we're about three-fourths done uh, with our embryos and AI projects, or maybe a little more than that. Now we'll finish up on cleanup uh, bowls that cover the recips and the AI cows that didn't stick. So. Sure. Yeah, we're, we're on the downhill
1: slide. Well, that's good, but it makes it tough when you got all that dang mud, that's for sure. Yep. Hey, folks, um, for those of, of us who are, who do not know much about, you know, the Scott Angus cattle, and even for those that do, uh, it would be nice for you just to tell us a little about your operation, yourselves, your family, and your background.
0: Well, my
3: uh, uh, grandpa grew up uh, in this area uh, he went to high school down the road in a town called Fullerton. But, uh, and then he met his bride, my grandma. She graduated from this small town, Belgrade, when still had a high school. And that brought him to this area, I guess, chasing grandma. On. And uh, <laughs> so, they <settled. laughs> so they settled, got married, settled on a couple farms, and had some tough luck, you know, um, right at the start of the Dirty 30s. So finally, about six years in, uh, my uh, grapple saw this place that I live on for sale, and uh, he made the challenge during the Dirty 30s to buy it. And uh, one of his main avenues for income was uh, he had a big workhorse, draft horse stallion, and he would go around, the oh, about a 50 mile radius, he'd load that stallion in the back of his old pickup and travel around. And, uh, that's how he kept food on the table, but dirty thirties, there was no, um, in, you know, no rain and crops yep. when were severe. So he had heard they were pumping, uh, water out of Missouri river, Eastern side of Nebraska. And, uh, so he went to government officials and says, how can I be legal to pump out of a Cedar river that uh, runs right by my house within maybe 200 feet of my house we have a nice river Mm -hmm. and he got issued one of the first water rights to pump out of the cedar river he made uh terraces and dikes and canals so um, they could pump out of the river and it was all done with a little tiny dozer and his great big draft horses made these trenches and stuff if it was for my grapple absolutely hands down I would not be sitting here. Mm. He was adventurous and hardworking, and I guess that's where I get maybe my dreamer mind on how we built this business, and it kind of just goes from there.
1: Uh, that's that's just such a great story. Uh, so in the 30s, I remember, you know, my dad was was a product of the 30s. And I got to tell you a quick story. He, he always told me, he said, Grandpa and Grandma went out. And of course, then cornfields, you know, weren't like cornfields today. They maybe had like 20 acres or something. So uh, chinch bugs were a big deal at that time during the drought. And yep. so they were digging these trenches around the cornfield, and then they put, a, put an oil base in there. So when the chinch bugs come, they would, they would uh, fall in there and die. And Dad yeah. said, guess what happened? I said, no, what happened? He said, the chinch, <laughs> the chinch bugs had wings. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, those guys who lived in the 30s, what, what a great story that is. Yeah. And, and what, a, what a great story your family has. Hey, you guys... Yeah. You guys have... Uh, a, you guys have a... The a thing a, that... Go ahead.
3: The thing that, uh, I guess, made me grow up in a hurry when we was out irrig- I was out irrigating with my grandpa on it, on a siphon hose irrigation ditch and was whining because it was so hot and maybe I was too young to have to do this and all this, but he put his spade in the ground and he was just a very firm grapple. And he said, uh, I'll never, ever, ever again, let you complain about good hard work for irrigation because <laughs> you know what it's like to load your stallion up and travel 50 miles in the dirty 30s and there's nobody have anything green and when i'd come back home like you said like a experimental 20 30 acre field and it was the only green field in in the county wow he said you get going i mean
1: <laughs> i love
3: him to death for being that firm i really do i have no regrets that he was tough uh but uh it set my focus how blessed uh, we are to be
1: able to live here you know so yeah that's exactly right exactly right well we've got in a few weeks the uh, the second annual bull sale and that's going to be on february 28th it'll be there at your ranch in belgrade uh can you folks just walk us through the sale listings a little bit and, and if there's something you have just a you know really really proud of this time around and you want to highlight just go ahead and do that
4: yeah i'll kind of talk about what's going to be at our sale and then maybe mom and dad can chirp up with like, what's their favorite, um, lots and we can go through it that way. Uh, like you said, it's February 28th. We have 53 yearling Angus bulls for sale. It's going to be on DVA auction, but also in person. This is our first in-person sale. So it's been a lot of learning, Oh wow! Um, we need to <laughs> get that going. We, uh, are redoing an old draft horse barn that we have here on the property and making it a sale barn is just going to be so neat mm-hmm. mom and i were out there this morning helping the carpenters make a couple decisions on the podium <laughs> and um back to these bulls though we we have um sorry, by resilient stellar virtue robust john wayne downpour scale house one rainfall and then also some patriarch and we have our favorites of course out of each group but I'll let Dad start with a couple of his.
3: Um. Well, <laughs> the the favorites. Um, a lot. One. Um, my daughter's. Uh, she gets all the recognition for all the names and everything. But his name is Journey. Um. He's he's just so big and stout and plenty of frame and everything. Excellent feet and tested for. High altitude and lot five um, we call expedition um, he's another stellar uh, he's Cabernese, um and appeal and phenotype lot seven is quest um, he's a uh, fan favorite from all our visitors um, he's another stellar but he was a pastor standing out and then feedlot stand out um, it's just he balances everything. He's um, his phenotype is deep, thick, and wide, and he's got a glide to him. And the numbers, he just there's just no hole in his E.P.D. profile. um, Gallivant, um is another stellar. Um, he's lot
4: twelve.
3: He's lot twelve. Uh, perfectly constructed, heavy muscle, top two percent in milk, 1% in one percent in dollar W, and a foundation of heavy hitter females all stacked behind him 15 is my favorite i claim him everybody's like shakes their heads um <laughs> yeah but one of my favorites but um he's called strong strong man um his epd scores again are crazy he's he's top one percent in claw and angle and out of a two-year uh, uh donor, prospects we should probably go into the donor his mom she'll go into the donor program
2: i was um, going to talk a little bit about why we're using stellar uh, we went and bought the dam of stellar in uh, montana it was a a really big family decision for us we were kind of wanting to move on to the next level of uh, cornerstone cow here and uh, my husband been studying stellar the Fetostellar stellar on all these bulls that uh 200b had been uh turning out so he said if that da- if that donor that <laughs> that mother of stellar ever sells i'm gonna buy her <laughs> and then he just happened to see an article it was, it was just a couple days later he said you're not gonna believe this <laughs> uh, stellar's dam is gonna sell on a sit sell. so we kind of cobbled up enough money to try to figure out how to get her bought and sold some cattle and and went out there to buy her, and believe it or not, we got her bought. So oh so that's why we're using Stellar to represent our program, and we also um, really believe in Stellar, the bull himself. So
4: Great. a couple of – we probably better talk about a couple, a couple other uh, sire groups here, though, because we do have some other really nice bulls in the other groups. Um, one robust flush just really took off. It was to our – Donor sixty six thirty nine. She's really making a name for us here, and two of those bulls are Fort Heartseep and Fort Robinson, which are lots twenty and twenty one. I they're very um, uniform
2: and phenotypically stand out in the pen. And oh, go ahead. and I was just going to say that Robust is a grandson uh, to two uh, hundred B. She he'd be a stellar son. Yeah. Yeah. That's
4: right. One of mom's favorite is Hurricane. He's our only downpour bull on the sale. He's just, he's really easy flushing, super docile, like just teddy bear in the pen, but super explosive. And he's really fun to go see. I hope whoever listens to this podcast and can come out and see him, they'll they'll need to look out for Hurricane. He is just awesome.
1: Well, sounds um, sounds, folks, like a outstanding lineup. Are there any more you want to highlight? You got a couple more. Ideas. Well,
4: we better talk about just a couple more if we got the time. Sure. Uh, I wrote down a couple of my favorites. Uh, we we bought in on John Wayne, and so of course we wanted to put in, um, get some eggs out of our donors sired to John Wayne, and one of our favorite donors, seventy three hundred six. We got a few eggs to John Wayne on her, and one bull to talk about his name is big jake and he is just a major blockbuster bull he's got two other john wayne bulls that we have on the offering that are very similar to him but he's one of our favorites he just stands so proud and he is so ready to breed he's just ready to go <laughs> you want to talk about trust
2: yeah i and so uh, lot 33 is trust this is a new bull that sits as it's the first year for them to have virtue bulls on the sale and so um, we kind of got in on that deal, talking to um, Sitzes, and they they thought Virtue be good for us. <laughs> so he's a Virtue has been great on on the donors we have, and, and the probably the top one we like is his name is Trust. He's big-hipped and uh, just big, thick bull. Just not much you can change on him. Really moves out good, and he's also on that donor, that renowned donor of ours over 3301. So that's been a fun one. You want to talk about Lot 40?
3: No, go ahead, Kelly. Um,
2: So the other two ones that Abby has highlighted um, are a couple of resilient bulls, which would be a son of Stellar Resilient is. And um, we named one Chimney Rock. Um, We named him after some important rocks in Chimney Rock here in Nebraska. Um, He's um, been a standout for people that's come in the pasture and and toured so um that's kind of backed us up on our thoughts on him too so uh, he's also the top one percent in dollar m which is something we're really striving for in our family business here
4: the last one i get to talk about because my um my cow raised this bull and (laughs) his name's granite he's lot 46 and he is just an awesome curve bender bull with a big hip excellent springer rib and my dad had to go in and make some notes and he said, this bull has a nice big foot that's going to be a great foundation to catch any yeah. cattleman's eye. So um, those are the ones that we wanted to highlight on our sale. You
1: know, what an outstanding group. Folks, we're here today with Martin and Kelly Scott and Abby Ropers on the American Cattleman Podcast and we're so happy to have them. Folks, you, you've went through and, and highlighted some some outstanding offerings that you're going to have and talked a little bit about the Genetics, but for that commercial producer, how how can they be sure that that uh, that Scott's going to fit into their program? How do you condition these bulls? They're, I'm sure they're going to be ready to go when they when they're in that uh, new commercial herd. Well, it's
3: my pet peeve, and I don't want to say that other people's ideas are wrong or everybody's right on how you build your herd and everything, but. In our industry now with high inputs, it doesn't matter if it's just, I mean, higher mechanic, let alone feed prices or anything you do, um, it's so high. So there's some people, <clears throat> quite a few actually that are moderating, um, their herd. They're making them smaller. So it takes less money for them to get through the year. Yep. And, uh, but, what I feel is the biggest difference between me and other breeders is we've worked with Kelly Schaff in North Dakota with Shawpankins Valley for the longest time to create, um, such mass and depth and width and length. And, and, you know, that's something that takes a really big hurdle to put all of them in one package. And we cross the sits on these donors that we've had and just for any phenotypical uh, hole that there might be, um, which is darn little with each of these two herds, but it just kind of makes a complete, um, maybe a a little more exciting EPD profile, maybe a little um, easier calving birth weights and all this stuff. But the thing I'm getting at is here in general is you can go through AI. You can buy your bulls from a herd that maybe has moderated his bull size to clean up your cows, but ours still keeps something that's hard to find. It still keeps the depth, the width, and the length and the height. So when you drive past the pasture and say you got yearling virgin heifers getting cleaned up by a, a yearling bull, you can tell from a big distance. Well, that's the bull in that pasture and then it carries on through two year olds, three year olds, four year old. The bull should never go behind. Um, we feel if that happens, you might have cows get missed getting bred. So that's to me, um, everything has to be in a team effort. Breeders have to work to team up, but that kind of what stands aside. Um, I feel. Um, in our herd is we still keep the vision of soundness, size, and mass for pounds on the scale. We ha- we'll, we're not going to vary from that. And pounds on the scale still please the bankers. That's right. <laughs> so that's, that's what separates us from a lot of breeders, you know. A lot of breeders are chasing numbers, you know, to increase their carcass scores and everything else. Well, did you let something else... Uh, slip you know some don't some do and we just try to don't make a change and if we're going to let something slip we just try to keep a steady steady pace so um i hope that don't sound too uh, arrogant or forceful but uh, that's uh uh, what i believe in anyway
1: No, it sounds like strong strong advice to me and and uh good advice for our producers uh Folks, we, we better give uh, we better give everybody your contact information so they can reach out with any questions that they might have.
4: Yeah, I can help you out with that. Um, our website is scottanguscattle.com, and you can find all sorts of background information about us there. You, I'm uh, updating as we speak our bull sale page, so soon I'll have that up and rolling. And um, you can actually reach our bull sale catalog there, If you have any questions, my uh, cell phone number is 308-550-0850. And my email is ranchoffice at com. Great. I um, I would love for you guys to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're pretty pretty active there. We have lots of fun things that we have going on each week that we try to keep people posted on.
1: Folks, there you go. Marlon, Kelly, Abby, we were so pleased to have you here, and and, and just thank you for, for the information and visiting with me today, and, and, and we truly do. Uh, I, I just want to thank Scott Angus uh, for what you're doing in the cattle industry.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And, yeah,
3: we feel the same way. It's an honor to be asked to speak, so... Same way, we feel toward you.
1: Everyone, that was Marlon Scott, his wife, Kelly Scott, and their daughter, Abby Ropers. Even though they weren't allowed speaking roles today, we also want to thank Sam Scott and A.J. Ropers for taking care of the cattle while their family took care of the marketing. What a great family and what a true pleasure it was to learn more about them today. Make sure to attend the Scott Angus Cattle, Second annual bull sale on Wednesday, February 28th, 2024, at 1 p.m., there at the ranch in Belgrade, Nebraska. Remember, Abby told us they have a new facility to show you. This is truly going to be a great one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the American Cattleman Podcast. Tell your friends and neighbors about us, and with that, we'll close the old gate and
0: get out of here. Take care. Thanks to Marlon Scott from Scott Angus Cattle for taking time to sit down with us today. Also, thanks to our sponsor, Rawhide Portable Corral. For more information about American Cattlemen, check out our website, www.americancattlemen.com or check out our Facebook page at American Cattlemen. Until next time, make sure the gate is always closed.